0: Hello, Syngap This is Friday, August 20th. This is episode 23 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute briefing on everything you need to know about singap 1. And there's a lot you need to know. Let's, let's get to work. There was a webinar yesterday with um, Professor Eduardo Perez, who uh, talked about variants of singap 1 and how to interpret them. It was really good. People found it very enlightening. Please uh, check that out. It's already on Facebook Live because we live stream it, so it's on, it's on our Facebook page. But we will also post a video on our webinar page, of course, syngap.fun slash webinar. Now there's going to be another webinar in September with Anna Mignorance, Dr. Anna Mignorance, I should say. She is brilliant and she works with industry. So if you're like, when are we going to get therapies for our kids? Anna is the one to listen to. And I would urge you to sign up right now, syngap.fund.com slash Anna slash A-N-A, syngap.fund.com slash Anna. She is a gem. More exciting news this week. Uh, it was announced by the Social Security Administration of the U.S., so sorry for our international listeners, this is not interesting to you, but it's really exciting for us. They have added Singap one to the Compassionate Access List, or the CAL, as they refer to it, because everyone in government has to make long names for things and then abbreviate them. Um, So we're on the Cal. And what that means is you basically automatically qualify for disability with Social Security. So if you're applying for disability, this is a lot less paperwork for you. And it's really great news. Um, And and people are like, well, how did you guys do that? And I'm I'm like, it was news to me. I just saw the press release. It's pretty exciting. And then I was talking to one of our moms this week. And she's like, oh, yeah. No, 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 I did that. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She forwards me an email. And basically, she was applying for disability. And they were like, well, what's this Syngap-1 thing, thing? And she's like, well, let me tell you. And she she pushed some paper around, and she got us on the list. So you knew who you are, Mom. Thank you very much for making that happen. And we're going to work on a little write-up about it, because I'm already getting hit by other rare disease groups who are like, Mike, how did you do that? I'm like, I didn't do it. She did it. But whatever. Very exciting. What you need to know as a Syngap parent in the U.S. is that you are on the Compassionate Access List or the Cal, and you can go to Social Security and apply for disability for your um, Syngapian. It's pretty exciting. I had a great week. I just want to say that. I had a great week. Um, part of the privilege of, of my work is I get to interact with a lot of scientists, and, and these people are just amazing. Amazing. And so I'll tell you about three of these conversations. One of them was a brand new scientist setting up a lab at a university and she reached out and said, you know, I'm thinking about SYNGAP1, and we were like, stop the train. Got a bunch of us on the phone, we talked to her for a while, and we are like, where are you? And we figured out where she was, and we're connecting her with local families, and hopefully um, she will begin doing some research on singap one because we were able to be like, what do you need? Who do you need to talk to? This is why you should work on singap one This is why it's exciting. Um, more to come on this. I expect this to turn into something we'll be talking about more, but it was just a just an amazing meeting, and it was Actually, all because one of our peeps um, connected with her on the Twitter. So if you're a Syngap parent, yeah, Facebook is like where we where we sort of hang out in the private group and just chat. But um, Twitter's a pretty fascinating place. And if, you're a, if you like that medium, check out Twitter because a lot of good things have come from our presence on Twitter. I was at another meeting reviewing a grant that I will hopefully be announcing in the next week or so um, that, we're, that we're giving alongside other rare disease groups. So it was kind of like a rock star convention. It was like... The, a lot of sab members of another group a couple of our people and then some of the people we're giving grant to and it, just, it was just i was looking at the screen like oh my gosh this is amazing and what's cool about it is consensus was yeah this, this if this works this could be huge so stay tuned for that but just an exciting meeting just a really it, it's really fun to um feel like progress is happening and smart people are saying yeah this makes sense because there's there's two there's a few parts to this process right part one you decide you're going to make a difference decide the status quo is not acceptable and we have to make the future better for our kids step two you organize you get with good people you create an entity and you you have a, a vehicle to drive through that wall the wall is sorry there's nothing we can do for Syncap one the vehicle we're going to drive through that wall is srf right we're organized we're together we're united we have, we have a, a tax-exempt organization that is effective and has a good reputation. Step three, you raise some money. What's all of our work. We gotta all just ask everyone we know, hey, you gotta support this work, gotta make my kids' life better. Step three, where do you go? How do you get, where do you hit that wall to get through it? This is really hard stuff. And, and when you sit in a meeting with some of the smartest people you've ever heard of, and they're all nodding like, yeah, this, this, this isn't crazy. That's pretty exciting. So that was a good meeting. And then one of the one of the mega brainiacs of this world called us and he was like, Hey, I just made a bunch of fish with an NIH grant, and I want you to know this fish exists for Syngap. And he's like, you know, there's still more work to do with this fish because just like the humans, the Syngap fish don't seize right away. And and because we were making fish for like 40 genes, we you know when we when we tested the Syngap fish for seizures, they didn't have seizures because they were still five days old. Right. And and you and I both know as Syngap parents, hey, when they're a year old, they're not seizing. Wait till they're five. So what happens if we fed these fish for a couple of weeks and tested them? Then well, they didn't do that because they were making 40 fish for 40 genes because it was a big scale thing. But this guy was like, "Hey, this fish is built. It's in the literature. Maybe you or some of your other collaborators would be interested in working on that fish." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'd love to work on that." And you're probably sitting there like, "Why are we talking about fish, man? Who cares about fish? I don't care if fish are having seizures. You do care if fish are having seizures, because you see if we, because it's really easy to test drugs on fish." because the fish is swimming around in a little bag or a little bowl or whatever the fish is swimming around in, and you just take some drug and you go tip, 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 and it goes in the water and the fish ingests the drug. And if the phenotype or the physical presentation of disease changes, like let's say they were seizing and they stopped seizing, boom, there's something with that drug in SYNGAP1. Maybe we should go after that. I'm simplifying a lot here, but it was exciting. And it was exciting that the um, the researcher knew us from previous meetings and previous partnerships with other groups and felt like they could just call us and be like, Hey, I want you guys to know about this. Who else is working on fish? And I'm like, ching paching, paching, pachinga, three emails to write tonight. But really exciting and really grateful that um, some of our, our uh, scientific partners and our board members were on that call, and that was, that was, that was cool. Let me tell you about what I'm going to work on all weekend. So we are, as I've mentioned, part of Combined Brain, and as a result, we are working with Duke University to expand the ORCA grant to get it um, validated for SYNGAP1. What what does that mean? So the ORCA was a scale developed for Angelman syndrome. There's actually chatter on the the group this week about how a lot of us thought our kids had Angelman before we found out our kids had SYNGAP. So SYNGAP is Angelman-like, and um, there is a grant to Duke University from the FDA to expand the ORCA scale to work for other neurodevelopmental diseases, and we've made sure that Syngap is one of those. And so next week, I'll be giving a presentation to some people at Duke and hopefully some people at the FDA about, hey, this is how you think about Syngap one, and this is how you think about the challenge of communication and why this work is so, so important. Communication is a big deal. Think If you've got a Syngapian, you know as well as I do, they understand a lot more than they can articulate. Their receptive language is much higher than their expressive language. And when they can't express what they want or what they need, They get really angry sometimes, and then they behave, and then things get broken. My cuckoo clock. So, explaining this to the FDA is super important, and the literature on this is a little thin. Thank God for Dr. Smith Hicks and Dr. Andres Jimenez because they've they've written some good stuff on this. Um, But we don't have a whole lot about communication. There's a lot more uh, written about the science and the seizures but so we so i'm working on that and i'm trying to tell that story of how syngapians are different and so i want to tell patient stories now the trouble of talking to the government about patients or, or any researcher is they're like no no don't tell me don't use names don't show me pictures personalized information blah 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 fine got it yes i understand um some of us feel like you know what i don't want my private i want you to understand this disease you want i'll talk about my kid all day long but i can't just run around talking about my kid that just that just looks weird what's great though is a number of our parents have um publicly shared their patient story in various ways so as to raise awareness for for their child and for our disease and and I want to thank those parents right now because because those blogs and those and those um, YouTube channels exist now I'm able to go and talk about these kids to the FDA cuz they'd be like no no don't I'm like no this is public information this this parent has already put this on the internet we're good and that will allow me to share these stories and I want to tell you whose stories I'm going to share because I spent some time on the phone with these families this week to get ready for this meeting mind blown whenever I get off this rare disease, advocacy, big picture train, and I stop and and get to talk to another family, I am at once um, reminded why I do this work. And I'm just humbled by the enormity of this life. It's it's really hard to see what some people are going through. And uh, it's really amazing to see that they just keep going. So um, one of those, if, if you go to facebook.com slash what we need yesterday, is a mom named Jack in Tennessee who's who's taking care of her girl, Jaden. That's an amazing Facebook page. You should follow it. You should read her stuff. It's incredible what she's doing for her little girl and how how much of an advocate she is. Um, then there's Kelly and Kyle. Kelly does these beautiful YouTube videos about her son, Kyle, who has Syngap, and she talks about it, and that's those those are really gold, and you should check them out. And then, of course, I'll be talking about, you know, Some of the people we have videos for, so there's Carter, who is Peter's son. Um, Peter, of course, has a video as a a board member of uh, SRF, and that's really good stuff. Um, There'll be Emmett, who's uh, Sydney and and Brett's kid, and they've got some great videos on, on their YouTube channel. And then there's Amelia, um, who's Vicky's daughter, and, and they just did that beautiful video in Spanish. All of these will be in the show notes. So anyway, I'm going a little over time, but, but those are the stories I'll be telling to the FDA and Duke next week in an effort to get more people to understand how complicated our disease is. Our disease is really complicated, friends, and we We got we to get people aware of it. So if you're thinking maybe I should write a blog about my kid, the answer is yes, get to work. Tell the world about what's going on here. People need to understand this disease. More in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.